Welcome to the Common Cause for Sustainability podcast for University of Washington Bothell and Cascadia College. My name is Alexa Russo, UW Bothell Sustainability Coordinator. And I'm Stefan Clausen, Assistant Director of Sustainable Practices at Cascadia College, and we'll be your hosts today. This podcast focuses on sustainability and environmental efforts, bringing a worldly perspective to our joint campus community and inspire action around common sustainability causes. This is episode four, and today's cause will be the St. Edwards State Park Environmental Education and Research Center. St. Edwards State Park is a 326-acre park located in Kirkland, Washington, nestled in a residential community area along 3,000 feet of freshwater shoreline on the banks of Lake Washington. So it's a nice spot right in the main urban area, but also very much connected to the lake. The park is used by the community for hiking, recreational activities, and fun. There's a lot of great trails that people hike on. There's a lot of wildlife you can see. And it's known for its giant castle playground among families, right? It's one of the larger playgrounds in the area. And the large seminary from the 1930s, it's a Catholic seminary, no longer, and it's being converted to a, a hotel at this point. And the park is a popular place loved by many. In partnership with UW Bothell, State Parks is creating an Environmental Education and Research Center, or EERC, with the mission of providing integrated environmental education and research experiences to broad and diverse communities with the purpose of advancing public understanding, connection with nature, scientific knowledge, skills and stewardship of Pacific Northwest ecosystems. They aspire to build community through youth and family outreach programs, K through 12 education partnered programs, university partnered undergraduate field study and community engaged science research and monitoring programs. The EERC is currently under construction and is set to open in October. We asked the EERC faculty director, Santiago Lopez, to join us for a discussion about his connection to the park and what's to come with the EERC. Sure. Well, first, uh, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. It's very exciting to participate here. My name is Santiago Lopez. Santiago, I'm an associate professor in the School of Interdisciplinary Arts and Sciences at UW Buffalo. I uh, teach courses related to geotechnologies, geographic information systems, remote sensing, global positioning systems, and environmental geography. I'm a geographer, and I love teaching these geography-related classes. Do you have any? Yeah, there are a few things that are that I'm currently working on. Uh, actually, there is a project that I've a research project that I was involved with at St. Edward State Park not too long ago. Now I want to continue with that research related to invasive species control, eradication, identification of areas where problematic species are showing up. And so this is kind of related to my long-term passion about uh, environmental changes, land use, land cover changes. That's mostly my, the emphasis of, of my research. So that's, that's something that I'm, I'm really interested in doing. I also, a lot of my work is abroad. I uh, have uh, research uh, sites in Ecuador. Uh, I'm orig- originally from there, so some of my research sites are still there. And you know, once in a while, I take students down there to do some research with me. But uh, in, in the same context of land use, land cover changes, environmental changes, that's, that's the emphasis of my, my research. That sounds really exciting. Do you have a lot of work with like rainforest sort of elements? And, uh, like, a little bit of, of way, both. Mostly so most of my research uh, related to my 
uh, you know, doctoral work uh, was in the Amazon region, uh, looking at uh, some aspects of conservation of tropical rainforests, but also some of these elements of human use and to see how uh, indigenous populations are using their, their resources, their forest resources and non-forest resources. So yeah, my, my research kind of falls at that intersection between you know, conservation and also human use uh, related to land uses and, and land cover. <laughs> yeah, that's really That's really cool. exciting sounding. Okay, so uh, we want to talk about the EERC today. So would you want to sure. tell us a yeah, little bit I about start with the EERC a, and the work you do with St. Edward Introduction to, to what I'm going to be doing in the IERC. I'm currently listed as the a faculty co-director of the EERC. And I'm saying listed because I have not taken full my full directing role yet. I'm actually being supporting Warren Gold, who is the other co-director, and, uh, and he's actually uh, spearheading this, this effort and trying to, to pull all the strings to make this happen. So I've been uh, mostly supporting his, his work. And so once you probably know that Warren is going to be retiring at the end of this quarter, at the end of the spring quarter, and then I'll be taking over the direction of the ERC in the summer. So little by little, I, I want to get more involved with the ERC. And right now, I'm, I'm actually doing what I can do with the time that I have, giving my other commitments, research, teaching, and service uh, to the bottle. So, so that's kind of my, my role uh, right now is kind of a supporting role. And later, I'm going to be officially the director of the ERC. But of course, this is work that is not going to rely only on me. There is a big team of, of faculty, staff, uh, students who are going to be involved in the uh, development of the ERC. And uh, a lot of the efforts that we're going to see in the next few months and probably next year is going to be around building capacity to support the EERC in the long term. And so, you know, a lot of what we're doing right now where is concentrated in, in uh, you know, hiring people uh, and working with, you know, human resources to get that part, that capacity there before our ground opening in, the, in October, in the fall, uh, when, we, when the grand opening is planned for the ERC. There is also a lot of work related to actually building the infrastructure for the ERC, for the physical space. So uh, we have uh, had some updates recently about that, and we are all excited that the physical space, the physical construction has started, and that is great to see. And we have been having conversations with the, with the firm, with the architecture firm that is responsible of, of building this. And, but you know, it's, it's, it's a very complex, very complex process. But uh, we are trying to, to, to get things done on time for the grand opening in October. So that's kind of a, a brief introduction about my role and where the ERC is going. Yeah, we've seen a, a lot of excitement about it. I mean, even, even Cascadia students are getting involved, and we're really thrilled to have this part of partnership with K-12 uh, through 12 education. Can you describe a little so. bit about the EERC for those who don't know what that project is? Yeah, so the, the EERC, this is the Environmental Education and Research Center at St. Edward State Park is an initiative that has been developed since I think maybe three or four years ago 
And there were two professors, Dave Stokes and Warren Wall, who actually uh, had, a work, had been working on the development of this proposal since then, and probably even a little bit earlier. And what, what the ERC is now is kind of that cum culmination of those efforts, this kind of you know, two or three, four years of work by uh, these faculty members and also members from the community who saw the opportunity of bringing community uh, partners, bringing university, bringing the students, uh, not only university students, but also K-12 students to the table to sit and talk about what we know about the environment, what we would like to happen in the environment in the particular context of St. Edward State Park. Uh, State Park. So it is uh, a multidisciplinary type of initiative, although right now it's concentrated around environmental sciences or mental education, but uh, we are seeing this as an opportunity to engage in uh, multidisciplinary thinking, interdisciplinary work. So uh, we're hoping that it will, we're creating that kind of space to provide those type of opportunities for a, a wide diversity diverse group of, of, of the stakeholders and people interested in, in uh, you know, in the environment, in social environmental issues. And I think uh, the ERC is, has that kind of encompassing framework that we're all excited to see. Definitely. And I think that even in the, the very first early stages of trying to develop the EERC proposal and plan, the community was very, very involved in that process through community meetings and hearings and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that they're all pretty excited and passionate about this project, which is great to see. Yeah, it's, uh, I think we, we, we all see those, those type of opportunities here to, as I said, not only to engage in academic work, but also in partnerships with the community at large. You know, people not only from the local community, but also maybe, you know, from the Pacific Northwest or, or even beyond the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so yeah, we're all excited about that, that uh, opportunity that is actually open, opening up for us. And you know, we're working really hard to, to get this going and, and having it ready for, for even more participation in next year. Could you tell us a little bit about the partnership between UW Bothell and the EERC and the park? Like, how has that transpired and, and what's that partnership like? Yeah, so as I said, so this is a kind of the, the end of a long-term effort from faculty, community members, conversations that you were saying, Alexa, about, you know, conversation with the community to, to get people talking, uh, reflecting about the environment, talking about nature. Now that we are kind of in a, in a world where most people live in cities, you know, more than 50% of uh, the world population live uh, in cities, we're kind of losing that, that kind of direct connection with nature, with, uh, you know, parks, with forests. And so true. So true. It's so sad. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is sometimes is, is overwhelming. You know, we're seeing this urban landslide, you know, falling on top of us and uh, we're, we're that, that, that has some benefits, but also all these disadvantages of, of losing this, uh, you know, very, very needed connections with nature, which, uh, you know, are very useful, help us to keep our mental health, physical health there. And so when we lose those type of opportunities to connect with these green spaces and uh, uh, nature in general, you know, we're losing not only the species, but also we're losing part of ourselves. And 
you know, when we lose our mental health, when we lose our physical health, that that is, you know, we're basically losing a lot of, of you know, what, what make us human. And, and I think keeping keeping those connections are are important. So, you know, because of all this, because of what we're seeing that and that trends that we're seeing not only, uh, you know, here in Washington, but all, all parts of the world, right? It was important to stop and think about, you know, this type of opportunities. And, you know, St. Edward, uh, Edward State Park is, is a great place to start with, you know, thinking about this and, you know, giving some of these opportunities that happened in the past four years regarding, for example, some spaces that were basically being torn down because nobody were, were using them. There was uh, some uh, initiatives, again, from faculty, community members that said, hey, instead of, you know, just losing all that, why don't we get together, think about a better use of those spaces? And I don't know if you're familiar with, with this part of Senewa uh, State Park. There is this, this historical seminary building there that was actually active only in the early 1900s and probably until the mid-1900s we had that beautiful space but then it, it basically closed down and so the options were either to turn the whole building down or use it in a different way so you know so, so that that building has been there for a long time and in the early 2000s there were some conversations about what to do with the with that space and we're going to renew it and so the ERC, we, the, the physical space where the ERC is going to be is kind of taking a little bit of, of that space that was, that was being used by, uh, you know, some, somebody else there from a real estate partner there. And uh, through the, these efforts that happened in the past few years and in conversations with the state park, they say, okay, maybe we can get something out of that space we can, you know, get a, a little corner of one of those main rooms and, you know, create a research educational center there that could benefit, you know, the community at large. It could benefit St. Edward Street Park and can also benefit uh, University of Washington Bothell. So that's kind of how the ERC was, you know, came to our reality through those conversations, those opportunities that, again, emerged in the past 50 years. So it's not just one thing, right, that, that happened quickly. It's, it's kind of a, a, a historical process that ended up in the, what we have now, the ERC. So uh, University of Washington Bothell saw that also, the administrators saw a big opportunity there. And through this uh, new investment fund from the um, chancellor's office, uh, we were able to obtain uh, the funding necessary to get this started. Uh, and um, so we got support for the next three years to, to get the physical space in place, get the people to manage and, and, and do programming around the ERC and uh, you know, start with those larger conversations about what we want this to be in the, in the near future and also long-term uh, future of, of the park the University of Washington, Buffalo, and, and the larger community. So how can the public or campus community get involved with the EERC? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, that's a good question. <laughs> we're still trying to figure out ways to get people involved. 
I think one one first step is to start, you know, getting connected with us. Uh, one one I think point to to get connected is through our website. There is some people at UW Buffalo that have been working on uh, getting our website up and ready, and they updated some of the information there. So, you know, visiting the website and looking at what's going on at the ERC is a good way to learn about what are the projects that are currently being planned there. Also contacting us, you know, the, the current leadership of the ERC will be a good way to get connected, you know, send us an email. We can always include you in the newsletter, right? So I think Alexa, you have been I don't know, involved in the newsletter of the ERC. Yeah, all the links to the emails and the website and how to sign up for the newsletter we can include in the show notes. Yeah, so I think those are good ways to get connected, get involved with the ERC. Talking to faculty, to the faculty who are uh, directly involved in the ERC, we are uh, always wanting more help now that we are getting the financial support that is needed for this we are trying to prioritize certain tasks and, and actions so you know it's always a good idea to just you know send us an email and say hey you know i can help with this <laughs> and uh, say okay maybe we can do something together yeah yeah, and of course, you know, just visiting the park and, and checking out what work is going on and, and walking around the park and noticing some of the ecological features, you know, that all has connection to the EERC, I think. So we also have a virtual tour of St. Edward State Park that came out for Earth Week. And so that link will be also in the show notes as well. So we were wondering, when will the EERC open and who does it serve? So the EERC will open in October. So we'll have our grant opening towards uh, the middle of October. And there will be some events associated with, with that grant opening. So we're also hoping to kind of uh, replicate some of what, uh, what we did for Earth Week. This is what's actually happening right now. Uh, and we're, we'll, we'll like to expand that. So we're working towards those, those uh, goals and projects of the grand opening. And, uh, you know, that the ERC is, is, is there to serve many stakeholders, right? As I said, this is a partnership with Washington State Parks. And uh, so the ERC will serve the constituents of state parks and St. Edward, uh, St. Edward State Park. It will also serve the, the community, right, the K-12 uh, students from the larger, not only Kenmore or Kirkland community, but we're hoping to serve even the uh, larger community. And we also serve the UW Buffalo and University of Washington in general community. And we're hoping that uh, more faculty and students will get involved with the ERC. So it's, uh, uh, again, it's, it's, a, it's a center that is, is, is going to provide those kind of opportunities for engagement, not only people in the environmental sciences, environmental studies, or the physical sciences, but, you know, we're trying to expand this to, to incorporate, to make it more inclusive. One of, of, the, of the pillars of the IRC is inclusivity and diversity and equity. So we want to, to bring all this pieces of the ARC from the beginning. So the more people we get involved from the beginning, the better off we're going to be in the long term. So 
having having those opportunities to to have conversations. And one of some of the things that we want to do the the first year is to create you know uh, workshops where we can have this type of conversations and see where we want to. What, what do we want to do with the ERC in the long term? And so that would be, you know, a good spaces to have these type of conversations and also, uh, you know, include more people in the conversations as well. So can you tell us what your favorite part of the park is and what are you excited for, like, most when you think of when the ERC is fully running? Like, mm-hmm. what's, what's your ideal hope to see enjoying once the ERC is open? Yeah, so actually my... My personal story with the ERC uh, goes back a few, several years actually. And when I moved to Seattle in 2011, uh, I one of the first parks that we visited after having our firstborn uh, child was, uh, you know, St. Edward State Park. And one of the reasons we went there was because I googled the area first, and I saw this beautiful playground. My daughter uh, was big, at the playground recently, uh, too. She's just in that <laughs> age. So I know exactly what you mean. It's the coolest. It's a castle. How could you right. not love mm-hmm. that? Exactly. So it was one of those features that actually attracted our attention to St. Edward State Park. To, to we, you know, so we, we went there. We visited the park. We visited the playground. We were you know, amazed by how big it was. And actually, we learned that that playground is one of the largest playgrounds uh, for kids in, in Seattle. And uh, so it was exciting to see that. And uh, so that was kind of my first introduction to, to ERC. So at that point, if you would have asked me what was my favorite part of the park, I would have said the playground. <laughs> I love that answer. But uh, after that... Uh, that's the main but, reason I'm there right now, too. No, absolutely. <laughs> but I think that's that's part of what the community is also interested, right? C- kind of keeping those connections. If you find a feature that you like and that will actually motivate you to keep going to the park and explore other areas is... That's that's kind of a key aspect of you know uh, getting a, you know having a park so close to an urban setting, and a park of the magnitude and you know the uh, how, all, all those interesting features of a park make it even more more attractive. Uh, so having something that excites you to go there and explore, I think, is 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 one key aspect of, of the whole ex- exploration thing. But um, you know now I I you know after that I went there a few more times. Uh, I had an opportunity to work there to do some field work with faculty from campus, you know, with uh, Dave Stokes. He has been working there for a long time. He actually lives really close to the park, so he he uses that park as his uh, backyard. And uh, he has been taking the students there to do field work. He invited me to participate in one of his research projects, and we collaborated around this project of invasive species. We wanted to better understand the distribution of this particular species, English holly, that is um, this type of evergreen bush that was introduced in the Pacific Northwest in the 1950s, 1960s. And now it's kind of getting out of control. And uh, this English holly tree has been very successful and it doesn't need too much to get going. And it has actually invading some of these areas of uh, you know, native, native forest communities. So one of my opportunities to uh, explore more deeply St. Edward State Park was through this project. So we were mapping where the holly plants were, 
Uh, we actually work with students trying to map and locate them using GPS uh, technology. Uh, and then we wanted to see what, what were the factors that were actually uh, responsible for a successful establishment of English Hall in the park. So we, we published a paper in uh, 2016 related to those, to those environmental spatial factors that contribute to the, to the expansion dispersion of English Hall. So that kind of gave me, gave me another chance to, to look at, at some of these issues that the park is facing and also explore it in different ways. We also map the trails, right? Uh, all the, we map all the trails, hiking, biking trails of the park to see how that type of feature actually contributed to the dispersion of holly because, the, you know, there's some research that says, right, you know, there's these edge effects and, you know, trails where the trails are are going to definitely influence where you see English holly trees. So we map all the trails and that gave me, uh, you know, opportunity to explore different areas of the park and Nowadays, what I like a lot, you know, one of the areas that I like a lot to visit uh, is that beach trail. I don't know if you guys have been there, the beach trail along the Lake Washington. And kind of, yeah, that is a great place to walk around. Uh, and also the, the southern part of the park, uh, there is a rich trail towards the south part where you see less people. <laughs> and in the context of pandemic, that's, that's a great place to be if you want to be away from, away from people. So did your research find that, or did it support that, yes, walking trails and those kinds of disturbances correlate to English holly, or is it too too early to tell, or what did you find? So we found a correlation between the probability of, of occurrence of English holly and distance to trails. So the closer you are to trails, the light, the... Uh, more likely it is to find English holly. Yeah, so uh, distance to trails, distance to the forest edge is also going to be, there are going to be important uh, spatial factors that contribute to, to the uh, successful establishment of English holly. Yeah, so we, we found those significant associations with, with English holly, with the occurrence of English holly. Yeah. And so with that information, you can then kind of direct efforts for restoration and removal of those invasives, right? Right. So uh, the, the, the advantage of, of the approach that we use at that time was exactly that. So we could actually map, you know, areas of likelihood. So in other words, we can create probability maps and say, okay, these areas are more likely than these other ones to be invaded by English holly. And not only English holly, because they're apparently with, based on, on uh, you know, some uh, additional research that we've done in the past couple of years. There are similar patterns that we are finding with other, other invasive species. Uh, some of these, you know, laurel, uh, mountain laurel, uh, Portuguese mountain laurel. So they're, they kind of behave in a very similar pattern. So, so what we found with holly, I think, can be extrapolated to other species, problematic species that are following the same kind of invasion process. And um, so, yeah, so we can, we were able to develop some maps showing where it could be more likely to find this problematic species. And that could actually lead to ask questions about policy, right? Some kind of interventions, how can, what are the areas that are gonna be more affected? You can direct efforts, especially if resources are limited, like it's always the case. You don't have to concentrate in the whole park, but just say, okay, these are, these are the problematic areas where you're likely going to find this, this particular species. So 
that's something we want to pursue again. I mean, this is uh, also ongoing project, on ongoing ideas that we want to further develop, hopefully with, with a little bit support, financial support. Awesome. Um, so switching gears a little, could you tell us a little bit about the geocaching project that the sustainability offices are partnering with you and your students on for spring quarter? Yes, so this is actually a great uh, opportunity, and we I see it now as a great opportunity because we had the experience with you, Alexa, and you, Stefan, last quarter, doing this geocaching adventure for our sustainability features on campus. So uh, before that, I, I was actually not involved in any geocaching <laughs> building adventure. And uh, so thank you to both of you to introducing my students and introducing me to this project. No, absolutely. And we've gotten some good feedback from the first one already. People, you know, saying they learned a lot about sustainability on campus or were impressed about our efforts. So it's, it's a good learning tool too, it seems. Yeah, so that's exactly what we want to, you know, do further. So take this uh, one step further and do something similar for, you know, to showcase some of the features uh, in the state in St. Edward State Park and also features of the ERC. So we see, I see this as a great opportunity to, to learn more about the park, learn more about the ERC, and hopefully, you know, in a similar fashion as you know, these uh, Earthquakes projects with the geocaching adventure on campus, we could probably, it will be great to, to do something like this for uh, St. Edward State Park uh, during the grand opening. So uh, we are excited to do that. The idea is to, again, set up an adventure, come up with some interesting features to showcase. And with your help, we could probably do this in a more uh, logical way than the way that we did it for the other, you know, for the Geocaching Adventure Lab, uh, you know, last quarter. But hopefully we can we can do this with a little bit more time. I think we're probably going to have a little bit more time this this uh, for this adventure and you know do that kind of virtual tour uh, showcasing some interesting features at St. Louis State Park. And now the the problem is that we we don't have the center yet, right? So we don't know exactly what we want to feature. I know there's some we're having conversations. You know the. the faculty who are directly invo involved with the ERC, students, some partners who want to also help. And uh, so I think we still have some conversations about you know, what, what features, what are we going to showcase? But that's, that's the plan. And so all of the promotion for this geocaching adventure will be on the newsletter and on the website. So look to those resources uh, after probably June or so, and we'll have the geocaching adventure ready for people to explore. Yeah, hopefully we will we will have everything. Well, not ready because I know it's going to be it's going to take some time to to build it, but maybe a, a good test uh, geocaching adventure that, you know, people can, uh, you know, see, explore, and also give us feedback if something is not working, because that feedback is always, always very, very useful. Okay, so thank you so much, Santiago. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about, like your research or EERC or anything that we've missed in this interview? You know, something just uh, to, to keep in touch with us if you are interested about the ERC, the ERC just uh, send us an email, right? Again, get connected through the newsletter, through the website, through uh, social media. 
we are hoping to build presence in all those different platforms. So if you are interested, uh, again, get in touch. The more help we get, the, the better. We are always happy to, to uh, you know, have conversations with you about what interests you and what you think is important in regards environmental issues, about the nature, about social environmental issues. So yeah, just just you know, keep keep in touch, and uh, hopefully we can get you involved in some of these cool projects that we're seeing and planning. Thanks for listening, and this is the Common Cause for Sustainability podcast, brought to you by University of Washington Bothell and Cascadia College. Find more about our sustainability efforts through our websites, uwb.edu/sustainability and cascadia.edu/bassp. See you next time.